This morning, I want to continue on Have You Considered Your Ways? This is our second week on this topic. Anybody been thinking about different ways that you've been living your life, different patterns that have been formed, different ways of thinking, different ways of living, things that you know need to change, but you haven't been able to change them? The scripture we started uh, using last week was Proverbs 3.6. You know, it's pretty easy to always use Proverbs 3, 5, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. But Proverbs 3, 6, I felt like God really laid on my heart about two months ago. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. I gave this definition last week of ways. A road or a path, a course of action, a method, a mode of living, a direction. In the Strong's, the Greek concordance, a course, a crooked direction, impulses from your mind, feelings, or physical desires and practices, and also automatic impulses. The freedom of will gone away from God, Isaiah 53, 6. Isaiah wrote, all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. For people coming to Christ, they, they become aware of their brokenness or their, or their sin, and they come to Christ, and they ask for forgiveness, and they repent, and they change, and they start that road. But some of us who have been Christians a long time find that there's a lot of ways that need to be corrected and adjusted. There are ways that seem to be resurrected every day and in relationships that are really contrary to the word of God or to the way we know God wants us to live. It's interesting that everyone turning to their own way, I think all of us can recognize our own ways in our relationships with God, on the job, attitudes. Everyone has a different way of doing things, uh, assessing a problem and coming up with an answer, and even working together can be difficult. We were kind of joking around the other day, Joe, Jack, and I, when they were patching some... Uh, some nail holes. And I said, Jack, I said, Joe, uh, used a painter's caulk. And uh, Joe likes a, a, a little paste, a little uh, putty that he likes to use. And I would just, after he was just saying, whatever you want to do, I go, well, Joe, whatever you want to do. And it's interesting how everyone can have a different way of doing things or a different, uh, even different product that you that you use. And I was thinking of how you know, um, Jesus, when he um, prayed for his disciples, and he prayed that they become one. And sometimes dealing, I think, with my own attitudes, family issues, people, I wonder, is that ever going to happen? Are we ever going to become one? As a Christian, when things come up or attitudes come up or you can't resolve things with people, you wonder, are we ever going to become one? Is this ever going to work out? There's so many ways that we live. There's so many ways that we bring into our relationships with each other and with God. But I really believe that Jesus' prayer, make them one. He sees our distractions. He sees the things that take us away from his will. He knows our ways. He's acquainted with all of our ways. But he has a better plan, and he's believing that his ways are going to prevail, and we're going to find his way in our life And we're going to surrender our ways because we finally realize our ways are not working. 
the desire of the Lord is to really build the body of Christ, the local body. There's so many different priorities. People are going their own way every day. How many people actually could fill this place right now? All these empty chairs could be filled up if people just simply were allowing God to have his way in their life. The kingdom of God is advancing. The day of the Lord is drawing nearer every day that goes by. God wants to fill his house. God wants to bring his people into unity. God wants to restore the nations. God loves people. The Lord's ways aren't our ways. In Isaiah 55, 8, the prophet Isaiah wrote this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. That's kind of a big shocker, huh? We get up in the morning, we have plans, we have things, and if you're a person of prayer, sometimes you find that those plans are adjusted. My father, my father, my son called me the other day and he said, hey, I need, a com- I need a partner, I need to lose some weight, and I want you to work on it with me. What? I don't like to diet. That's not my way. It's interesting when you think of uh, restricting your calorie intake, you feel the rebellion. I feel my old ways coming against me. So I said, okay. So I did pretty good the first day. The second day I didn't, good, didn't do good. Then he calls and tells me, hey, Dad, it was really rough at work. They're, they do breakfasts on Wednesday. Uh, they have all kinds of treats from Costco. Oh, and we had a special client in, so we had fancy desserts. Pray for me, he said. <laughs> and then, you know, we've been talking about evangelism and reaching out to people, and I find the last couple of weeks there are so many different opportunities to talk to people. It seems like when I go out that front door to dump something or do something because we're helping with the construction, that uh, I meet someone and end up in a conversation about the Lord and where people are at and what, what's going on and do they knew the, knew the Lord. But I was in my office the other day and I still kept getting this urge, go get a donut. And you know we have a great donut shop right here. It's not a very far walk. And I'm thinking, no, Ben would be very upset if I'm going off my, my calorie count with him and eating donuts. And so I just kept working, and then all of a sudden the urge got stronger. Go get a donut. Okay. So I got up, and in the donut shop were, was, a, was a man who was really contemplating coming to church. And uh, him and his wife were trying to get back together. And I thought, wow, what a great opportunity, because this man accepted the Lord probably over a year ago. And it was one of those things where a seed goes in, and you wonder, is anything going on? You know, is anything happening? And I told him, you know, you accepted Christ. And I go, I go, God is working in your life. And God wants to restore your marriage. And God wants to help you. You know, so don't be surprised that, you know, since you accepted Christ, you haven't seen many things happen. But I thought, wow, the prompting was to go get a donut. And so I did God's work, but I also did something pleasurable for myself. <laughs> Isaiah 55, 9. Whereas the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. If you know the Lord and you know you've you know there's times where He has spoken to you or you've gotten a word or you know He's done something or you just maybe have an appreciation that you have salvation, that you're you're going to heaven. You know God is good. 
And sometimes maybe you're going through a long season where you're not feeling God, but you're doing the right things. You're serving God. You're loving God. You're using your gifts. You're being obedient, but you don't see anything happening. And it's so often our old self-nature rises up. Our old ways want to say, just forget this. It's too hard. You know, the, the emotional suffering we go through as Christians, yeah, we're not physically being martyred or anything, but we go through emotional suffering and struggles because we're living in an environment, we're living in a country that says, you know, go the way of the world. Go the way of technology. Go the way of things. Go the way of sports. Go the way of pleasure. Go the way of all these different things, but don't go the way of God. And so we're reminded in this message that God has some higher ways. His ways are higher than ours. What he's doing in the midst of things where you're in confusion and you don't know what he's doing, his ways are the best, and he's working his ways in our life. In Luke 1, 76, we just see an example of his ways and how John the Baptist is going to be pursuing a different way. His father begins to prophesy and you, child John the Baptist, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. Are his ways a priority in your life? Are they a priority in your talk with the people around you? Are they a priority with the people on the street that you would happen to come by? And maybe maybe you'll only see them once, but maybe they're on their way out. Maybe they're so close to eternity and you're the only one that's going to have an opportunity to share that we're all heading to eternity. And do they know the way? In Matthew 25, Jesus tells a story about people who had made light of it, the invitation to the wedding marriage supper of the Lamb. And it says they went their ways one to his own farm, another to his own business. I hope you're being convicted today about putting God as a priority and that you're going to rethink your ways versus his ways. And I, I'm telling you, if you want to hear from God, just say, God, am I doing my own thing? Am I doing what you want me to do? And I believe you're going to hear a really strong, you're going to have a real strong conviction because God wants us to adjust our ways. God wants us to put him first. I mean, he put him whole, his whole self on the line. He sent his son. Jesus gave a total sacrifice to pay for our sins. He, he owns our life, but yet he doesn't demand it. Even as Christians, we've been handed back a free will, but what are we doing with that free will? Are we making choices to serve God? Are we making choices to enter his ways and to do what he wants? Have you considered your ways? How many times are you making automatic choices? How about your habits? They're part of your ways, things that you do automatically. But do you ever stop and consider why you're doing it? And is it something that really needs to be changed? When did that habit start? When did that way of behavior begin? What caused that behavior? What place, what, what happened in your life to start something that you wish you weren't doing anymore? It's all about our will. Our will. Is about the way we're going to go. Even Peter, Jesus told him, when you get old, someone's going to take you where you don't want to go. And the story in uh, one of the martyr books about Peter is that P 
Peter was running from that time he was actually going to be crucified. And he was running and leaving the city. And Jesus actually appeared to him and passed him by. And Peter turned and asked, where are you going? And he said, I'm going to the cross. And Peter knew that it was his time. And he shouldn't run away from the cross for which he was going to take his life. Are my ways connected to some remaining rebellion inside? Am I reserving the right to have the final say in my life when the Holy Spirit is telling me something different? It's, it's great to be able to recognize that and just simply say, will you forgive me, Lord? Will you grant me repentance? Will you help me to do what you want me to do? Will you help me to do what you want and go your way? In Psalms 1, 6, it says, The Lord knows our ways. For the Lord knows and is fully acquainted with the way of the righteous. But the way of the ungodly, those living outside God's will, shall perish. They'll end in ruin and come to naught. What's it like for you thinking that God knows you and he's acquainted with all of your ways? He knows all of your quirks. He knows every little thing about you. Does that scare you? Does that make you mindful of like just opening your heart and surrendering more to him and trusting him? He's acquainted with all of our ways. When you think no one cares about you and no one loves you, Jesus knows. Jesus loves you. Jesus is acquainted with those bents and those things that you have inside of you that trouble you. In Lamentations 3.40, we used to use this a lot when we had a Celebrate Recovery, examining your ways. Let us test and examine our ways and let us return to the Lord. Recalculating. We've heard that often on our Jesus. Recalculating. God is calling us, I think, today to recalculate our ways. To recalculate. To consider what kind of a U-turn we need to make so that we can get on the highway to God. Where are we going? Does there need to be recalculating going on? When we know we're going the wrong way, we make changes. How many times when you realize you're going the wrong way, when that girl comes on and says, recalculating, do you kind of get shocked and wonder what's happening? Or she tells you, turn right. Then you're like, oh my, if I turn right, I'm going to get in a wreck. But what if the Holy Spirit said that to you? Recalculate, turn, do a different thing, go a new way. Are we open to hear what he's going to say? And would we make that radical uh, driving correction just like we do when we're in a car? In Psalms 26, to examine me, O Lord, prove me and test my heart and my mind. Know my ways. Sometimes we struggle with things about ourselves, and over and over again, we struggle with ourselves and we surrender those things to God, and it doesn't seem like it's changing. And sometimes we get frustrated with God, and we get frustrated with ourselves because we're not changing. Keep surrendering, keep waiting on God. He is working. He's the one that knows us best, and he's the one that's going to change us like no one else can change us. In Galatians 6, 4, Let every person carefully scrutinize and examine and test his own conduct and his own work. He can then have personal satisfaction and joy doing something commendable in itself alone without resorting to boastful comparison with his neighbor. Examine yourself with the word of God. That's why it's so important. To daily read the Word of God. The Word of God is renewing our minds. The Word of God is going into our hearts so we have um, a valid um, test answer sheet 
to compare with our ways and the things that we're doing. Are my ways in line with God's ways? Are my ways taking me away from God's ways and his will? What are my ways? Well, they're selfish, lazy, resistance to God's ways. I'm a person I... I feel like I take a lot of responsibility. I learned from a real young age to be over-responsible, kind of a way of coping with life and having control of things that I don't have control of. I would just get more responsible. I learned to really please my parents and my peers. When I first started working, I did everything to please my boss. I was always saying yes to overtime. When everyone was punching out, we'd be right at the clock on Friday night ready to punch out. And he'd say, I need someone to work late, and everyone would punch out, and I'd stay. And sometimes being over-responsible is a way that has to change also. Deceptive ways. In Proverbs 14.2, there's a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in the way of death. Are your ways taking your life? Are your ways seemingly right right now, but you know deep in your heart because Christ is speaking to you and because the Holy Spirit lives within you that you're going the wrong way. And it's taking the real life. Our real life is spiritual life. Our real life comes from God. Our real life functions even when in the midst of trials and tribulations, we know God is with us. In Psalms 119.30, we're told to choose his way. The psalmist said, I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments have I laid up before me. In Psalms 27.11, the psalmist says, Teach me your way. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in the plain and even path because of my enemies, those who lie in wait for me. Following Jesus may lead you into difficulties, but God will be with you to overcome and to allow you to see his victory. When we're going away from God, sometimes we encounter troubles that we wouldn't have encountered. Kind of like Jonah getting on that boat, going to Tarsus, he caused a lot of pain for people and he ended up being in that fish's belly. We have to have the willingness to be taught his ways. Maybe this you've come to God and this is a whole new radical thinking and you feel like, I don't really, I, I signed on because I felt Jesus' love and it was, it was um, euphoric and wonderful and now I feel like he's, he's wanting to adjust my life. He's wanting to change some things and I'm not willing to go his way. All you have to say is, God, I know you're in me. I know you've given me a free will, but I want to surrender that will to you, and I want to trust you with what you're telling me. And Forgive me for my rebellion and my resistance. His ways really are positive. His ways are very positive, even though the choices that he might be asking us to do seem negative because they're crossing our own will and our own selfishness. Jesus is the way. The world is trying to find all these different ways. I was talking to a young man sitting outside really early yesterday morning. And I asked him his name, and I asked him, you know, what he was doing, and he he said he was just kind of worshiping God. Then he told me he was Jesus. And uh, I just asked if I could pray for him, so I was praying for him. But he was so confused. I don't know whether it was for drugs, because of drugs or something, but... He was totally confused in his mind. But he, he believed that there was a lot of other roads to get to God. 
Obviously, something was wrong because he believed he was Jesus. But Jesus said in John 14, 6, I, Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the only way to get to God. We have the way, we have the roadmap to tell people how they can get to heaven, how they can receive forgiveness of sin and salvation through Jesus Christ that can change their whole life. Because we want eternal life, it's a good reason to adapt to God's ways. If we really want to be a follower of Jesus, we must know that we're going his way. Not trying to copy another Christian or some other speaker or someone who sounds good, but being obedient to what God is saying to you. In the Greek lexicon, way is is um, described as a general term for thoroughfare. God's way is a thoroughfare through life to life, either within a population center or between two such center centers roads, a highway, a street, the way. The kingdom of God is here. Jesus said to pray in our Father prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, bringing heaven down into our day life, bringing the course, the road, the pathway, the thoroughfare to God's way into our life each day and being mindful of it. Oswald Chambers, in his complete works, wrote this. I am the way, Jesus said, not the road we leave behind us, but the way we stay in. So often it gets a little bit uncomfortable when we're picking up our cross and we're starting to do things that are opposite our will. But if we stay in that place, we're going to experience more of God and be more fruitful. The narrow way. Jesus said, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. I was dumping a, the vacuum cleaner, had a few little things at the bottom when I was putting a new bag in it the other day, and I happened to walk out, and there was a man in his uh, his scooter. He, he wasn't able to walk very well. And we began to converse. And I asked him if he knew Jesus. And he said, yeah, I grew up as a Southern Baptist. But, you know, the closest Southern Baptist really is, is not in this area. And I said, uh, do you go to church? Do you, do you have a place of fellowship? No. He had had a diff- few different experiences with Christians and you know, he, he felt like, you know, just the fact he woke up in the morning and acknowledged God that that was it. And I said, uh, I see you're in your scooter. I said, you wouldn't leave your foot at home. You know, you're supposed to be in church somewhere. You're supposed to be in fellowship. There's things you need to offer. And he started asking me. He wanted to know the definition of the church. And so I, I told him the church is universal. It's the body of Christ throughout the world. But also it's the local church. It's a place where believers gather to experience God, to grow in relationship with each other, to change, to edify and encourage each other, and to get strong so they can keep reaching out for other people. And uh, he, he was left with the challenge. In fact, that was the second person in the last week and a half that I challenged who said they were a believer, but they're not connected in a local body. Hebrews reminds us, even as the day clo- draws closer to Christ coming back, 
that we should not forsake getting together as a body. So I've been having opportunities, and I hope you will all take opportunities to talk to people, and if they say they're a Christian, tell them, get in church. You're needed. There are gifts that you have that are being missed because you're not where God wants you to be. Are my ways God's? God's ways are excellent. Using your spiritual gifts according to 1 Corinthians 12, where it lays out the gifts given in the body. Have you grown to that place where you know your gifts and you're operating in them? Is God so causing your gifts to rise up inside of you? You know, I just got to get plugged in. I've got to use my gifts. They're part of that highway. They're part of bringing that assurance that we're on the right road, that we're doing what God's calling us to do. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. But earnestly desire and zealously cultivate the greatest and best, best gifts and graces, the higher gifts and choices of grace. And yet I will show you a still more excellent way, one that is better by far and highest of them all, and that is love. And then, you know, Paul goes on to do the whole chapter about 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Jerry challenged us yesterday about love being the greatest thing. In Isaiah 55, 7, is there a way I should leave? I'm giving you a lot of questions to be asking yourself. I hope a few of them are striking in your heart this week. Isaiah 55, 7, let the wicked forsake his way and the Lord and, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him, and to God, for he will abundantly pardon. How cool it is to know that we can have freedom from anything that's trying to set us up for failure and keep us in sin. Are my ways taking me away from God's ways? God frustrates wayward men. He pours contempt on princes, Psalms 107.40. And he causes them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Ever felt like you've gone your own way and you feel like I hit a dead end or I'm, now I'm in this dry place and how do I turn around? Sometimes the enemy will, will condemn us and make us feel so guilty because we're so far out and so far away from God and so gone on our own way that we feel hopeless. All you have to do is call in the name of Jesus and Jesus can turn you around and get you back on the right road so quickly. How do my ways compare to the ways of God in the Bible? Our key verse today from the Amplified, in all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him, and he will direct and make straight your plain, your plain your paths, the best path, the best direction, the best road, the best work, the best relationship, the best life. Acknowledge. You know, so easy, you know, sometimes we grow up and we get out on our own. We want to try all these things and we're sailing on down the road, finding new ways. And a lot of times we're influenced by the world or friends to get involved with things that are really corrupting our way and teaching us the wrong kind of way to live. But God is telling us that we're to acknowledge him in every way that we're taking off and trying to live. Because if we acknowledge him, we're open for change. We're open for correction. We're open for another input. 
we often encourage couples to be in agreement about every situation that's major. Because it, when a couple is in agreement, when a married couple is in agreement about something, then there's the check and balance is that they're going to do the right thing because they have to be in agreement. Acknowledge me from the Strong's, the Greek says, to know, ability, acquaintances, aware, become known, to bring forth, to cohabit, experience a familiar friend. That's what kind of acknowledging God is in our ways and the things that we're involved with. Paths. He will direct our paths. Caravans, counsel, highways, a traveler and his ways. Where to live, the career path you're to go, the service that you're to give, your spiritual gifts that you're to use, all a part of his ways, the paths. In Isaiah 43, 16, Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. Are you in a situation where you need the, the road to part, you need the waters to part, you need a way? God is the one who makes the path through. He makes a way for you and for me. Isaiah 30, 21, our last scripture. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. That's Holy Spirit navigation. Recalculate. He's telling you in your heart, you're going the wrong way. Recalculate. And my final question to you today is, Am I asking God his input in my ways and in my plans? It's kind of early. You could sit there and kind of contemplate some of those questions because now is the best time. It's like when I was in school, I never liked to take homework home. So I would work recesses. I would work lunchtime. I said, I'm here for seven hours. I am not taking this home. So why don't today you consider about your ways? And if there's an area the, the Holy Spirit is really emphasizing on you, really revealing to you, why don't you pray about it? Why don't you let God, why don't you do a wrestling match with him? Maybe you want to do it in your seat. Maybe you want to come to the altar and pray. Today, if you want to just, you and God, you want to wrestle with God, right over on this side, your left, my right, come and wrestle with God. If you want prayer from the podium this way, people will pray for you. So will you stand with me? Maybe we can have a little background music. I'm just going to pray a prayer. Then wherever you want to go or get some prayer, or if you want to just sit there and just pray for a few minutes, we'll let you out at noon. We won't hold you longer. But use this time to connect with God. Lord, we just come to you. We thank you, Lord, that you ask us in all our ways to acknowledge you because you want to direct our paths. Lord, I pray over this congregation, Lord, over our mindsets, over our unbelief, over our doubts, over the places that we don't think that you have the best way, over places that people have gotten their way over us and we're not going to trust anybody anymore. We pray, Lord, that you would break those experiences, God, that would hinder us from trusting you. We ask for the Holy Spirit to move on us, Father, that we would all be adjusted so that we might be in your way and on your way. And that we would surrender the ways in our life that are wrong. Please help us in these next few moments, Father, as we consider our ways before you. We ask it in Jesus' name.